On this episode of The Austin Approach, an old Austin favorite returns to the terminal, and we talk with a member of the airport's guest services team about some of the work they do to help make AUS accessible for all. Welcome, everybody, to the Austin Approach podcast. I am your co-host, Michelle Lau. And I'm your co-host, Bryce Doobie. Well, Bryce, it is now May. It is. I've it, This year is flying by, which is sort of, I guess, an airport pun, but also it's just going very fast. <laughs> it is going very fast. So much has happened in the last couple of weeks. So one of the best things that's happened, Bryce, since we last uh, did a recording was that we actually saw one another in person at the Hawaiian launch a couple of weeks ago. Yes, that was super cool to actually see you not on a webcam and not like listening to you on head- headphones or anything like that. I got to see you. Got to see it was a lot of people there who I don't know about you. I had I don't haven't seen in like a year. It was really cool. I know. I certainly haven't seen them, you know, up close and personal. You know, it was it was it was lovely. It was really really nice. And what a launch! I'd never been to such a launch. It was very very unique. Yeah, launch events are always a good time. But that one was that one was special. Um, like shout out to the folks at Hawaiian Airlines who really put on a, an amazing production. Um, we're gonna have a little bit of audio you can probably hear in the background here. With they had performers and dancers and songs, and we had like we talked about last week cookies, and there were individual lay for all the passengers who were boarding. It, it really was just a really cool, exciting way to do, it, especially for kind of an early morning flight and all of that so yeah i I had a great time it was awesome seeing everybody it was great seeing you michelle um but yeah we took a selfie we even managed to take a selfie with some of the hawaiian performers in the background we might be able to put that up on social media at some point yeah definitely we can actually see each other seeing each other (laughs) we exist we were real we're real um no but uh, i have to say that one of the things about the hawaiian launch was it was also something it was also very spiritual did you not find that i mean it was really um it was really close to how uh how the people of hawaii are very connected to the earth and the sea and um you know given uh, positive thoughts and vibes and blessings for the for the for the air route i thought it was very very special and they were they sprinkled us with seawater from uh, the Pacific. Yeah, it really was just a cool event and a really neat celebration of Hawaiian culture and kind of a great introduction into the market. So I'm excited uh, for folks, seeing more folks getting out there. That that big airplane, it was really cool, honestly, just for I know that the plane spotting folks out there, that was first time we've had a, a big airplane come through in a while for passengers. So that was pretty exciting as well. Yes, absolutely. And you were, as always, you never get a chance to just show up and, and spectate Bryce, I was spectating and, you know, I had a little flower in my hair and <laughs> you, on the other hand, were taking photographs and getting all busy. Oh, yeah, it was it was it was a, I mean, it was a long day. The, the PIO team with Mandy and myself and our colleague Sam and some other folks, we were there setting up. We were there about 430 in the morning, uh, making yeah. sure everything was set up and running. But, you know, it's 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 part of launch day fun and getting all of that going and then getting out there and taking pictures. And then I got to ride out and get out on the runway uh, off on the side and take pictures of the plane taking off. It's all like a crazy blur of a day when these, these happened. And I'm glad that that was our first one we've had it, actually since 2019. Wow. Um, so, yeah. We haven't had one. It's, it's been a, a year or almost two years since we had had one. So it was great to have it back. Yeah. It's really good to feel like things are coming back to some kind of resemblance of, 
you know, not, I don't like to say back, back to normal. I like to say back to better, right? Like we're, we're coming back, but we're coming back stronger. We're coming back more resilient. We're recovering in a different way. I mean, there's just so much happening all the time. Um, but as, before we go into the so much happening, Bryce, uh, you had, uh, you at the end of April had a, a wedding anniversary, didn't you? I did. That was how did that go? What'd you do? It was good. We we kept it fairly low key. Um, we're both we're both vaccinated, so my wife and I went out and actually had dinner. Um, which how, seems how like a feel? weird thing to say, but like went to a <laughs> restaurant and sat down and ate food in a public setting. Um, and it was it was a really great time. The restaurant had some amazing safety protocols and stuff in place, and the food and all of it was just impeccable. It was a really great way and kind of a. It was actually my. 14 day anniversary from getting my second vaccine as well. Perfect. So it really was perfect timing. I couldn't have timed it any better. <laughs> it's almost like you were purposeful, Bryce, but I'm not sure that was the key. Definitely not. It, it, it was. <laughs> I haven't gone out to eat an awful lot either, but I tell you what, at the times that I have, it's generally been outside. I mean, I haven't gone really inside eating and I do feel really strange. I feel like it's, it's, uh, I don't know, uh, atrocity to take my mask off i do I, I i have to retrain myself yeah i think it's it's interesting as things are starting to kind of uh, open back up and all of that just get, getting back out there and doing things it's 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 fun it, it, like i said it, it was really nice it was a good kind of brush of fresh share good way to celebrate i said congratulations how many years are you celebrating uh four years and this year is actually a, a big upgrade from last year's celebration i was just thinking what did we do last year it's like we had sushi on the couch because uh, that was a- April 2020 anniversary was very much staying extremely at home. <laughs> well, you and I have talked about this, right? Because you're a bit of a foodie and I'm a bit of a foodie as well. Only you got really into during like the whole COVID shutdown. You got really into cooking, didn't you? Did I remember oh, I've that always- about you? You were, you were, so this is, you actually went out to eat. So were you, were you uh, a bit of a critic when you were out there? <laughs> no, not at all. I will. I, I had a great time. <laughs> Oh, good. Good stuff. Well, well, May is here and there's a ton of stuff happening in May. My wedding anniversary is in May. Ooh. And then we also have Mother's Day is in May. And I had a list of things that was happening in May. I mean, there's just a ton. May is, is the, the, the time of the year where things just start kicking up again. Well, I've got a list for you right here. If you're looking for things that are happening, not just in May, but this week, uh, yeah. by the time this podcast airs, um, American Airlines is going to be launching a bunch of new uh, daily nonstops. Um, so on May 6th, they've got flights to Orlando, Nashville, Las Vegas, and New Orleans uh, that are going to be flying daily out of Austin, which is welcome air service. That's brilliant. I have been to all of those places. <laughs> I would happily go to all of them again. I think I've only been to two. I've never been to Nashville or Las Vegas. Yeah, Nashville's pretty cool. I've only been there once. I've driven through a couple of times, but I've only actually visited one time. And it was when my my younger brother, who used to be a tour manager, he came over from Ireland with um, uh, some, some artists uh, to the Nashville Country Festival. And um, what was wonderful about that was we had backstage passes to all kinds of things and VIP passes to all sorts of stuff. And that's when you go, yes, love having my little brother around. Ooh, but fancy. Uh, yeah, very Austin, very Austin like, you know, Nashville and Austin are, are, I think, sort of twin souls to a certain extent. Lots of lots of live music, um, lots of cowboy boots. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, so um, American is going to have um, some more options to getting to all those locations, or like I said, Orlando, Nashville, Las Vegas, New Orleans. And for two of those starting in June, um, for Nashville and Las Vegas, those are actually going to go to twice a day. Um, so that's super exciting as we're starting to see folks started planning some of those summer trips, fall trips, and looking ahead to maybe what their travel future is going to be. Nice. I mean, who doesn't want to go to Vegas twice a day? <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of not necessarily travel futures, but futures in the terminal, uh, I'm actually also really looking forward to, I'm going to be in, in the terminal that day for these. Um, they're, Americans going to do some celebrations and things for um, what they're going to be doing with these services this week. Uh, so that means I get to go into the terminal and I get to have lunch. Yes. And Bryce, uh, Bryce and I had this conversation. It's time we had lunch together. It really is. We might even have lunch together in three separate places. Maybe like an appetizer here or there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's really cool. A lot of stuff. Um, I know we had mentioned with our our wayfinding episode talking about uh, the new map services that we have, so you can go in there and actually see what's available and open. But one of the concessions that has just opened back up that I am super 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 excited for is Hutt's hamburgers. <gasps> yes. I love Hutt's juicy, thick burgers that are just melting your mouth. And oh, yes, I'm a fan of Hutt's, I have to say. And their sandwiches as well. I don't think I've, I've only had their burgers there. It's one of those things, always kind of the, the per, perk of the job, I guess, in a sense, is we always try to make sure when we, when I, I know when they first opened up, we uh, we go and visit to make sure you got to try the food out. I got to get some photos of what one of the burgers look like. So it's always kind of, well, I guess I have to go eat a hamburger for lunch today. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward now that they have reopened back up because we are phasing in some of these restaurants based on passenger demand and what we're seeing in the terminal. But I got word that they're, they are open back up so you can get a burger and even better their live music stage is open as well. Ooh, yes. And they play live music daily, don't they? Uh, so for right now, it's going to be every Fridays from 1230 to 2.30. Ooh. So it's Fridays. Yeah, Fridays at Hut's 1230 to 2.30, your live music's back. We also have a lot of other live music that's starting to return to some of our other stages. Again, with those new maps, that's actually how I looked it up. You can find out all that information in our new digital maps or go onto our website and you can get a full list of all the artists who are going to be out there. So it's it's cool that we're starting to see some of those things come back. May's a busy month. So we're gonna, a- we've got lots of stuff to talk about in these next couple of podcasts, Bryce. We definitely do. I know. And then there's going to be even more. Uh, and then even on the immediate front, by the time folks are listening to this, there's going to be another whole brand new concession opening in the terminal. What's that now? It is Taste of ATX. Ooh, tell me about that. What is that? So it's definitely food themed, as you can tell by the name, but it's not like a normal restaurant or something like that. Um, mm. It's going to be a place that's opening right next to security checkpoint one. So when you first come right in, it's going to be kind of facing right across uh, just past uh, like the Starbucks and all of that. And they're going to specialize in all sorts of cool, neat flavors that are familiar to Austin and Texas. So things Whoa. like barbecue sauces, hot sauces, all sorts of good local snacks and things like that. So maybe if you are going to be getting on a flight and heading away from Texas for a little while and there's a couple things that you know you're going to miss along the way, great thing to get. Or you can bring a little bit of Texas with you to share with whoever you're going to be visiting. Yeah, a little, a little gift, a little barbecue sauce. I tell you what, when my brothers come uh, or my mom comes, they they always go back to Ireland with some kind of barbecue sauce or salsa or hot sauce. 
absolutely, 100% every single time. They love them some Salt Lake stuff as well. Uh, rub, so like the barbecue rub, uh, they, they'll, they'll take that as well. Well, this will now be now a dedicated place in the terminal to get it. <laughs> and pecans or pecans. I know there's a way, there's, there's an argument over how to say this. Yeah, I think I do it both ways, honestly, depending on if I'm talking about the nut or talking about the dessert. Okay, wait, what? So, like, if I'm having, if I was, like, eating pecans versus having, like, a pecan pie. Oh, my goodness. Stop your nonsense. I have, (laughs) okay, listen, yeah, I just go with it. I'm going with it. But I've heard that before, as well as uh, Pecan Street and the Pecan Festival. But I would say pecan, pecan pie. I don't, I, I, for me, it's, I think, kind of a floating term. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're alone. It's one of the things that makes Austin Austin. <laughs> <laughs> the joy of having moved all around the United States is I have an extremely non regional dialect to the words I use and what I say. People are like, you, but you grew up in New England and you say y'all. I'm like, I've also lived. <laughs> Do you say y'all? I say, I definitely say y'all. It, uh, yeah, it, I, I do now. It took me a while though, because it was a very foreign thing, y'all. Uh, we say usins. Whoa! <laughs> I know that doesn't that didn't work out very well for me at all. People were looking at me going, "What are you talking about?" Um, but anyway, so speaking of people, we have an amazing guest for uh, to speak to this afternoon. Or yeah, and this actually is a request that we got uh, from one of our followers on social media back when we first announced the podcast. This was a topic that they specifically wanted to find out a little bit more about. So I am thrilled that we're able to have her on here today. So yeah, we're going to take a quick break and then we will be right back to talk to Jennifer. Want to stay connected with the Austin Approach? Be sure to hit the subscribe button. You can also find us online on Facebook and Twitter at Austin Airport, on Instagram at AUS Airport, and on our website at austintexas.gov slash airport. Got a question or topic you'd like to hear on a future episode? Email us at the Austin Approach at austintexas.gov. Well, welcome back, everybody. And as promised, we have a wonderful guest to speak with us today about all kinds of things, guest services. We have Miss Jennifer McFarlane. Hey, Jennifer. Good afternoon, everyone. How's it going? It's going. It's going. It is lovely to see you. You do very well. It's lovely to see you. I know Bryce is excited to see you, too. Absolutely. I've, I have not talked to you in so long and you're one of my favorite people to talk to. Like you are my go-to person for all sorts of helpful information when we get requests on social media and all sorts of things. And I haven't actually talked to you in a while, so it's, it's great actually having you here. Great. Well, thank you. I miss being able to, like I said, creep around cubicles and say hi to people, but uh, hopefully that'll all change soon. So, Jennifer, why don't you tell everybody, what is your role at the airport? I am one of the guest services supervisors. Um, What we do in guest services is we provide uh, directional assistance to passengers traveling through the airport. Uh, We provide also internal assistance to our stakeholders and our tenants. Uh, For example, if we have passengers coming through the airport that aren't familiar with the terminal, we have uh, guest services customer service representatives stationed in 
critical areas around the terminal that can provide that direction to the rental cars, to the restrooms, to their check-in gates, um, just about any information that they need, we can provide. So what's the most common question? I think I'm just going to get that out of the way quick. Right now, um, our CSR, CSRs have shared with us that the top question that they get every day, all day long is, where are the rental cars? Oh, um, interesting. Interesting, yes. Um, and sometimes that top question will change based upon what's going on at the airport. Um, for example, um, during the times that um, the airport decided to move TNC pickup from the curb over to the new location on the second floor of the garage, at that point, that was the top question. How do I get to my Uber, my Lyft, my taxi? So sometimes it's it's all relevant to what's going on. If there are any major changes, operational changes at the airport, that question will pop up. But here recently for a good span of time, where's the rental car counter has been the number one question. And, you huh. know, the guest services team, I mean, they have to be, you guys have to be really up to date on what's going on at the airport, don't you? I mean, information is your, is your, uh, is your currency. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what we've devised to make sure that we stay current um, and are able to disseminate that information out to our passengers and our tenants and stakeholders is that we created binders of information. So at each visitor information center, we have binders that are uh, information gathered, uh, a plethora of information actually that will cover, like we said, rental car locations, will cover airline counter locations, will cover TNC locations, um, so we have those binders created there at the visitor center. And when we have our remote locations, which means our podiums that our CSRs will be positioned in around the terminal on both secured and non-secured side, we have binders there as well with the exact same information so that whenever they're approached by a passenger, say at gate 20 checkpoint, uh, I'm sorry, Kaba exit, they will have the same information as someone down on baggage claim at visitor information center too. And I know because I love talking with all the folks on the guest services team when going through the terminal just because it's always interesting. Like, hey, what, do you, what are people asking about today? You guys keep track of all of that. I know they're always, they're always taking notes and marking off questions on what are the common things. So you guys are real kind of like data driven as far as seeing what's going on. Absolutely. And when we start receiving um, that feedback from passengers through our through our CSRs, we do a second level of an investigate investigatory type process where, OK, we start getting a lot of questions um, about hotels in the area where we'll actually contact that hotel and see what amenities they offer, um, such as uh, courtesy shuttles, those type things. So. We make sure that that information is updated as frequently as necessary. But you know, you're you're sounding really you're sounding very business like Jennifer. But I also happen to know as a passenger, <laughs> as a passenger, right? I didn't realize that I do not travel on kind of like I don't know, like special days or holidays or whatever. And it's only when I started working in the airport and I happened to be around for Halloween that I realized that guest services has all kinds of fun stuff that happens in the terminal to celebrate fun days. You dress up, you give out candy, you, you have little um, quizzes and carnival things. Talk to me about that because that is super cool. Well, um, along with that um, business part that you just described that we have to make sure that we're maintaining the most up-to-date information for our passengers. 
part of guest services is to um, enhance the customer's experience. So while they are here in the terminal, and if it's that holiday time, what we've been able to do in the past pre-COVID days was, for example, if it was Halloween, um, we were able to um, dress up, costume optional, uh, pick a gate location somewhere on the concourse, and we would have uh, candies and little games and activities for passengers to um, participate in, and they absolutely love it. So yeah, we have that opportunity and guest services to be able to make sure that the passengers are having a good time while they're here, in, and that's in conjunction with the art and music programs that are formal pieces of the ambiance in the terminal. And we just make sure that these folks are having a wonderful time and uh, ensure that they come back. And most of the time, these folks absolutely love it. You think you would think a, a pack of gum or a piece of candy wouldn't do much for some travelers day, but we're able to um, send them on their way as they travel with just a little something from us. So All speaking right. of the customer experience, Jennifer, uh, Mobility is a big thing for customer experience. And I know Bryce, we had some questions on social media about mobility and that's why you're here, Jennifer, is this is a question on the top of our uh, our passengers' minds, uh, certainly our listeners. Yeah, so um, one of the bits of feedback that we got from some of our followers on Instagram, they were asking about any of the accessibility services that are available at the airport for passengers who may need them. But I am definitely not the expert, which is why we brought you on. If you If you could talk a little bit about some of those services that are available. Okay, well, the main thing as far as accessibility services that we offer here at Austin Bertram would be the language access issue. Um, we have Voyance, which is a language translator service that the airport contracts for, and that will allow individuals whose uh, primary language is not English and that they need to uh, receive information. So what Voyance does and how it um, operates is we have... Um, the two main locations at the Visitor Information Center. So individuals will walk up and they will begin to speak to a CSR or any of the staff members or the volunteers that are now uh, being coming back online um, and they begin to speak. So what happens is, is if, we, if we recognize the language, uh, for example, if we say we hear Mandarin Chinese, um, we're able to pull out a list and just for example purposes, we're able to show them a list that has the languages um, out beside them, and they're able to point to and verify when they see their language. And what we will do is we will input our, we'll call Voyance on the phone, we will input our account number and our password information in, and what we'll do is contact the um, representative and we say, we need an interpreter in Mandarin Chinese. They, on their end, um, access and find a um, an interpreter for us who in turn comes back online and we put that we give that phone to the individual and they begin to converse back and forth we get the idea of what the issue is or what information they need the phone comes back to the employee the CSR or the volunteer and the interpreter is able to tell us in English um, what exactly the customer needs uh, we have the capability now to be able to do this mobile so that individuals are not just stuck to have to come to the visitor center they can do if there's a csr that's stationed up on the concourse um, they're able to um, get the same translator language going and assist the passenger in that manner so we have the capability to do it anywhere in the terminal for individuals that have a physical 
limitation. Uh, what we often um, do with our passengers is make sure that they are aware that the airlines have contractor services to provide wheelchair service to them to, for locations around the airport. So um, if we get that call, most times passengers will come up to the visitor information center, but if we get a call from communications, we'll make sure that that passenger is placed in contact with the contractor and services can be arranged and they can be transported. And on many occasions, our customer service reps uh, if for whatever reason the uh, contractor is not available, there are many times that our customer service reps will assist individuals in, in an emergency. There have been times uh, I've gotten a call and I've gone out to the curb with a wheelchair to assist a passenger. So it um, we make sure that, you know, at all possible times we can assist folks that need it. Yeah, that's one of the things I love um, working with you all. I know that we've gotten some like interesting requests and things before, and it's always been very cool being able to call you. And I, I'm just trying to think of ones that we've had. Like, I remember we had an international flight and there was both translation services and wheelchair services. And I was like, I can call Jennifer. She knows solutions to all of this. And we were able to work through it. It was great. Absolutely. And not just call Jennifer. I mean, any individual <laughs> with guest services, any CSR. And we have one other supervisor, Tabitha Shaw, who works an alternate shift from mine. So we're, there are people here seven days a week starting as early as I come in at eight, but starting as early as 9 a.m. and lasting till 9 p.m. So we're here to assist passengers throughout that throughout that time. What's your favorite part of what you do? My personally, my most favorite part um, and sometimes uh, being as a supervisor, I don't get to do it as often as I would like, but I absolutely love talking with some of the passengers that uh, come through the airport and sometimes even the meters and greeters. If they're standing around, they're going to wait. They're going to ask, you know, random questions and you can meet some of the most um, amazing and interesting and comical and all those wonderful things. You can meet some people that really just brighten your day. I mean, I had uh, the occasion on several times, um, different occasions, but I've had the occasion to um, take a picture with Tigger. <laughs> there was a guy that um, he says every time he flies, he wears a Tigger suit. And I mean, a full Winnie the Pooh Tigger suit. Um, I asked him why. And he said, I just like to. So, I mean, you can meet some of the most interesting folks uh, being in guest services and, and you know, like I said, telling people how to get to the rental car. Um, so that's my most fun part right there. One of the other things, Jennifer, is I believe that we're one of the, the few or first airports in the country to actually have extra facilities. Uh, it's There's a special word for it for, uh, is it elder care or uh, having a, a restroom especially outfitted for those passengers that maybe can't take care of themselves? Yes, ma'am. Um, what that is called is Airport Ambulatory Assistance Restroom. And you're correct, we're one of the first, um, first of its kind in an airport. Ours is located next to the restrooms between gates nine and 11 down in the expansion. And what the restrooms entail is they have the lift capability to assist an individual that's physically incapable to get out of a wheelchair, in and out of a wheelchair, to, for example, to use the restroom, um, or 
um, in and out of a wheelchair to uh, be placed on a um, changing table for that type of activity. And it even has a shower capability in the restroom as well. Now, we don't often consider what needs the uh, the disabled travel in public have. You know, not, it's not only that, you know, you're trying to take care of yourself, but you know yourself you want to try to, to make everybody travel that's traveling with you as comfortable as possible. So to be able to do that at our airport is really, really a step forward in, in accessibility, in, in my view anyway. It is. Absolutely, it is. Some of the other things that we have here at Austin Bergstrom is we have the um, Mama Va pod. That's the individual private nursing pod across from Second Bar and Kitchen. Um, so that's a, a wonderful amenity for the breastfeeding mothers. They're able to have a private area that has a seating, an electrical outlet, and a table area. So they're able to be comfortable um to pump and uh do exactly what they need without you know trying to figure out and find a place sitting on a floor or even in a gate area so that's a wonderful amenity that we have we also have uh baby changing table stations in the men's and women's restrooms as well as buckled chairs for children and in the family stalls for safety and those are also located in the restrooms between gates 9 and 11 on the north and i can tell you I love restrooms that have that have those buckled things. Even my kid or, kiddos were smaller, and you just want them to sit down while you take care of your either your other child or yourself. It's just like you know, sit down and swing your little legs instead of you know running around. And because look, it doesn't. I know we're really high in our ASQ, right on our on our res, uh, reports for cleanliness in our restrooms. A restroom though is still a restroom. It's still a restroom. Absolutely. Still a restroom. And I know the people that go in there and clean our restrooms, and they do a fantastic job you still don't want your kid on the floor, you know, on the floor absolutely. absolutely some other amenities that we offer there are restrooms um, on the concourse and in the baggage claim level that have a that have children height type sinks and a little step that they're able to step up on and reach the sink that helps with accessibility to you know to be able to wash their hands as well and i love that too it's such a simple thing I love it. Also, I forgot to mention the mother's, mother's lounge that has those two private rooms that are down in the expansion area. That's, you know, it's a larger area um, for the breastfeeding mom. So along with the Mama Va pod that's up close to the second bar and kitchen area down by gates 9 and 11, there's actually the lounge area that gives more room and more privacy. Yeah, speaking with all those restrooms and things out in the area and the expansion, I remember when we first sort of unveiled that and opened it up, I, I was blown away. I think that was the thing that really kind of jumped out to me the most is just all of the different things that we have there just on the restroom space. I know we're talking a lot about airport bathrooms now, but they are really cool and really neat all that. We even have one for pets. Yes, we do. Down in the expansion area, um, and I forget what gate it is. Bryce, help me out. It's in that same spot. It's right between like 9 and 12. Yes, we have an indoor pet relief area. So um, with all the expansions and restroom talk, the pooches actually have a place to go. Even has a little fire hydrant. <laughs> it has a little red fire hydrant in there. Um, and it's, and it's, it's the technology behind that. I can't do it justice to explain how it all works, but um, it is very sanitary and cleaned. Um, 
it's great for those that are traveling with their pets. Now, one thing you mentioned earlier and just kind of passed through was you talked about volunteers. Yes. Austin Bergstrom has the Ambassador Volunteer Program. Um, these are individuals that have signed up to come into the airport, be stationed primarily at the visitor information centers, and they provide the exact same customer service that our customer service representatives provide. So um, if you know anyone that's interested, that's able to contribute at a minimum of a four hour shift, one four hour shift, anywhere in the week, any day of the week, uh, Sunday through Saturday, a four-hour shift from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., 1 p.m. to 5 p.m., or 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Um, thankfully, uh, volunteers, our ambassador volunteers, are able to start uh, coming back and participating in the customer service experience here at Austin Bergstrom. So again, if you know anyone that's interested, um, reach out to Tabitha Shaw. She is the ambassador volunteer coordinator. She would love to have more folks come in and get that program off and running again. Yeah, and we can post some information um, about a little bit more, but I know there's some information on our website, so we can link to that in the podcast description. And folks, if you are interested in maybe coming out and volunteering at the airport, that's something um, we'll provide a little bit more info, info about. Yes, it's, uh, there's an application to complete. Um, once that application is reviewed um, and accepted, the uh, the potential volunteer gets to come in and and receive the training that's necessary. Um, I know a lot of people may be a little hesitant in that area, but like I said, once they receive the general training, go through the same vetting process as employees do, they have to have a badge um, as well, but they have access to the same information that our customer service reps do, and they're able to disseminate that right on out to passengers. Do we have anything uh, for our either deaf community or our blind community? Um, right now, um, we do not have an active program that assists um, individuals that are hard of hearing or deaf or individuals that are hard of seeing or blind. But what we do is we work in conjunction with um, outside entities such as the Chris Cole Rehabilitation Center here in Austin. So whenever their students want to come to the airport and learn um, how to fly a practice program um, they have invited we co we coordinate with them and make sure that they have access to everything that they need what we had hoped prior to the onset of COVID-19 we were in um, active planning for um, a familiarization program for individuals with hidden disability or any disability. Um, we were going to call this program OS for Everyone. And what it was going to do was mirror the Wings for All events that are coordinated and uh, facilitated at airports around the world. And if anybody's familiar with Wings for All, of course, you're, um, you know that they are held in conjunction with the ARC, usually the ARC of Central Texas for us specifically. Um, that's an outside entity that deals with uh, developmental dis delays in individuals. But what happens is that you create a familiarization type program where these individuals will be able to come to the airport and they get to practice the steps in flying, accessing flying. So um, 
that all entails where they come in. They experience what it's like to park. They experience what it's like to ride on a parking shuttle. You come into the terminal. You, ex you have the experience of going up to the ticket counter, uh, receiving your boarding pass, checking your luggage, um, and proceeding on through the security checkpoint onto a gate. What the, the culmination of all of that ends in, um, and this is this involves working with a partnering airline, is that we have the use of an aircraft where the participants are able to experience boarding and take off. They get to board the plane. They go through the exact same steps um, as far as receiving their flight instructions from the flight crew. Um, and ideally, a lot of airports like to uh, taxi the aircraft out onto the runway and back. Um, but I know that that takes a lot of coordination. A lot of different uh, steps have to be met. But um, the event that happened in 2016 here at Austin Bergstrom, the participants were able to get on the plane, receive the instructions, and the pilot revved up the plane to where they felt the vibration. And it simulated the takeoff process and then the vibration again and the landing process. So it was a fantastic experience. Um, we held it here at 2016, I believe, and um, that was an active program. I had gone through the steps of reaching out with a uh, partnering airline we had coordinated with their um, with their uh, home offices to uh, <clears throat> use the use of a plane, and unfortunately, uh, COVID hit and everything had to come to a screeching halt. So um, that was one of my babies, my uh, baby programs, uh, and hopefully uh, soon we'll be able to bring that to us. But it's it would be a critical and very important. Um, community um, have a critical and important community impact where, like we said, individuals that have hidden disability or a disability are able to experience the steps in accessing flight and travel. That's great. I love that. Yeah, I love that. I mean, while we've, we've covered a lot of grind, Jennifer, uh, what we haven't covered is, do you remember your first flight into AUS? I do, I do. I had I had actually gone on a little short vacation. It was actually the last real vacation that I had. What? <laughs> I don't get out much. I'm, I, I live the life of a shut-in almost. It's either go to HEB, Walmart, and back to work and home. Period. But this was quite some, some quite a while ago. Quite a while ago, I had the opportunity to fly to Baltimore, enjoyed it, and and fly back in and it was great. I remember being very new to the department at that time. So, and I was the position that I was in at that time, I was at the visitor information center and I was actually doing exactly what our customer service reps and our ambassador volunteers do. And I remember, like I said, walking through BWI, looking at the signs, trying to figure out which way to go and how to go. And the strange part about it was I remember getting off the flight once I had to come back home, getting off the flight, and I actually had to report to duty. So I'm, I'm coming down the escalator, and I'm looking at the visitor center, and I had my little carry-on bag with me and everything, and just proceeded on behind the visitor information desk, and there was a guy that was on the flight. He was walking right behind me, and he, he stopped, and he just stood there for a second in just amazement. He goes, 
you work here? And I went, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a second. You know, I had to come out, you know, take the shades off, kind of pretty it up and then turn around. <laughs> How can I help you? I have to say, uh, you know, customer service is a dying art, but certainly not with uh, you and your, your team uh, at the forefront of AUS, because like I said, I, I think the passenger experience at Austin Airport is brilliant and it's to you and, and, and your co-workers and your team's credit. Yeah, your team really does do amazing work over there. And as always, like, it's great talking with you. And thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Anytime, Bryce, anytime anyone has any questions about what guest services does as a group, just stop by and ask us anytime. Um, we would love to be able to share that information with any group and any individual here in the airport. So the destination we're going to talk about on this episode is Burbank and starting on June 6th of this year, uh, Southwest Airlines is going to be flying nonstop from Austin to Burbank. Cool. A place I have never been, and I don't know anything about it. So I know it's California. Yeah, I've. Whereabouts in California is it? <laughs> so it's in the Los Angeles area. I have landed there once, probably six years ago, and I don't remember anything about it. I just ended up just meeting someone who picked me up, and we drove somewhere else. So I could not tell you anything about it other than that there's an airport in Burbank. Um, however, and we yes. found this out secondhand. We've got a really great colleague, uh, also named Bryce, ironically enough, who works over with our Homeland Security Emergency Management folks here for the city of Austin, who is super excited for that flight um, and is going to talk all about what makes uh, Burbank a great destination. So as always, thank you so much for tuning in to the Austin Approach. I'm your co-host, Bryce Doobie. And I'm your co-host, Michelle Lai. Until next time, stay safe out there. Take care, y'all. You did say y'all. Uh, my name is Bryce Benchavango. I work for the city of Austin uh, in our Office of Homeland Security Emergency Management. And most importantly, I'm a Los Angeles native. I grew up in the San Fernando Valley. Uh, so I am extremely excited about Austin's new service via Southwest to Burbank Airport. Uh, Burbank Airport is located in the San Fernando Valley, just about 10 minutes from, from where I grew up, but it's also an easier connection to, to downtown Los Angeles, Hollywood, and the majority of the San Fernando Valley. Um, this connection also, uh, Burbank Airport, has direct connection to, to Amtrak and Metrolink service in the area, so you can take Amtrak you know, all the way up uh, the California coast and down to San Diego or up to to Seattle even, but it but it has local connections, you know, to downtown via via Metrolink or anywhere in between, you know, Santa Barbara, Ventura, the, the coastal areas, and again down to San Diego, you can get to directly from Burbank, just a short walk from the terminal uh, to the train station there at Burbank Airport. I am excited about this route, not only because it makes my life easier to go home and see my family, which is still in, in the Los Angeles area, but also I'm excited because, um, you know, Austin increasing its its routes um, is good for all of us. It's good for for you know uh, the businesses in the area, but also for for those who want a vacation and see the Los Angeles area. It's not just you know Hollywood and, and the beaches. There are a lot of other really cool things to see, and Burbank Airport is a, is a really great way to uh, make those connections and and see Los Angeles.
The Austin Approach is the official podcast of Austin Bergstrom International Airport and the City of Austin's Department of Aviation. Our theme music is produced by Michael Pinnock, the AUS Music Program Coordinator. Thanks for listening.